a little today and a whole lot more tomorrow. <laughs> That's a whole song too, right? Well, we want to get right into our lesson again tonight. We've been talking about a better promise. Amen. And we found out last week that God's promises are unfailing. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, Scripture tells us, Blessed be the Lord that have given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he promised. They have not failed one word of his good promise, which he has promised by the hand of Moses, his servants. Amen. And so because his promises have not failed, and they will never fail, amen, we should be excited And when we read about the promises of God, amen. He's going to come through for us, and so we just have to realize, and his promises are for a brighter day. We saw that last week as well, amen. Abraham, amen, as his Bible says in Genesis 28, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places, whether thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. And you see that when God gave Jacob that promise, and then Jacob goes and he spends that time with his uncle Laban, and 20 plus years later, what does God do? He brings him right back to where he says he would bring him back to. And we see how Jacob began to grow. And Jacob would later, he says, I passed over this ford, and all I went across with was my staff. But when he came back across, look how much stuff he had. Amen. God blessed him over and over abundantly. And that's the thing. We have to get to the things that when God makes promises, amen, he's going to fulfill it. Amen. That's why the scripture says when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply you. And after he patiently endured, he received the promises. Sometimes we have just got to wait. I think Isaiah says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. We just have to get that temperance and that long suffering uh, of the fruit of the Spirit in operation. So we wait on God. Amen. And we see constantly throughout the scriptures, as I had said, you hear this phrase, wait, I say, on the Lord. <laughs> and so that's the wait. He'll come. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. It says, cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, what? You might receive the promise. But yet a little while, he that will come will come and will not tarry. Now the just has got to live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in them. But we're not of them to draw back to perdition. We're them that believe to the saving of the soul. So we have to build our confidence. Amen. We've got to get to that point to where we trust God. Amen. And you watch, he will work. I think Isaiah put it that way, doesn't he? He'll work if we let him. Amen. And so I just assume to get out the way and let it work. You know, if God's going to work, I don't need to work. <laughs> I just enjoy the trip, right? <laughs> if he's going to drive, why should I drive? 
Let him have the road. Amen. So we see that all of his promise, I mean, there's going to be a brighter day. Sometimes we go through things in our lives, amen, and we may not see what God is doing, but we have the promise that, and we know. See, we we got to realize what we read sometimes. And the Bible says, and we know that all things work together to the good, to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose, then there's stuff I got to know. I got to know he's not going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. I know that he didn't bring me out to leave me. Amen. I know he's going to be with me. I know these things. See? And so, therefore, as long as I know, I can take it to the bank. Because, see, the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. See? So when he promises, he's going to come through. Amen. So we want to pick up tonight here. Amen. Number five on your paper, page three. Amen. It shows, his promises show us that he will be with us in our sickness. And a lot of times when we get doctor reports uh, of sickness and things, you know, if he did it once, if he healed me once, he'll heal me again. Say, I, I have to trust him. Amen. And so we we got to realize that, as the scripture says here in Psalms 41.3, the Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing or sickness or sorrows. Thou will make all his bed in his sickness. Amen. When you look at Isaiah 53, Isaiah says, Surely he has bore our sorrows and carried our griefs. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace is upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Amen. So we see that his, he's going to be there. You know, I, I can remember when I had my knee surgery and I was laying in the bed, but the whole while I was in that bed, I could feel the presence of God. As I prayed, I feel the presence of God. When my doctor came in and, and, and sat beside the bed to talk to me, I could feel the presence of God. When people came to visit me, I could feel the presence of God. You know, and it's, it's just that way. He'll be with me. Even when I don't feel good or I am sick sometimes, he's there. I can still feel this presence because I've got the exceeding precious promises. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. The Lord said in Luke 4, 18 through 19, amen, after he came out of the wilderness, the Bible says he came into the sanctuary or the synagogue where he had been brought up, and they gave him the scriptures to read, and he opened it to the book, and he began to read that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts. The priest delivers to the captives, recover of sight to the blind, and to what? Set at liberty them that are bruised in the priesthood except of the year of the Lord. Amen. So to heal, God has come to heal. And God will heal. Amen. We just have to wait. Trust Him. Don't lean to your own understanding. And all your ways, acknowledge Him. Thy will be done. Amen. And this is why I, I believe in the 1st Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the gifts of healing. Physical, you know, mental and spiritual. When we look at the woman with the issue of blood sometimes, 
We don't realize that she was suffering from basically all three, physical, mental, and spiritual. Because on the time, as long as her blood condition, she couldn't go to church. You know, everywhere she sat was classified as being unclean. So, you know, she couldn't go to church. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So, and she had mental, can you imagine? The Bible says she had spent everything that she had. You know, and so you can figure, you know, I go to the doctor, the doctor doesn't have a cure. It begins to play on her mind. So the mental state, the physical state was there as well. See, so she's dealing with all three types of healings that she needs. And just by when she heard about Jesus, she said within herself, if I can just but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She didn't say, I'll be healed. She said, I'll be made whole. Maybe in her mind, she realized, I need all three. But see, if I focus on just the physical, then I might miss the mental and the spiritual. She says, I shall be made whole. And when she touched Jesus, Jesus says, who touched me? And the crowd says, well, you know, the disciples, Lord, everybody's touching you. No, somebody touched me. And when she came and knelt down and told him all the things, he said, daughter, be a good cheer. Your faith is what? Made you whole. See, now I can go to church. My mind's in his right state because I know I'm, I'm healed. I know I'm what I had need of. See, so he'll be there for us. Amen. In our sickness. But this is the same reason, you know, you look at Job. You know, Job was going through so many things in his life. But Job begins to edify you and I, and you and me, amen, with with his writings and his comments. You know, he he makes the things, you know, Job, I like Job 3.25, I think it's 26, he says, the things which I greatly feared has come upon me. You know, you hear about other people being sick, but then it hits you, (laughs) you know, you you, you go like, well, I, I hope this don't happen to me. But then if it happens to me, what do I do? Say, and Job gives a lot of encouragement. He said, there's hope for a tree, though it be cut down. You know, he says, though the roots wax old in the earth, and though the stock there be dead and right, he said, yet through the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth balls like a plant. Say, and I, and I translate that for me to mean that, hey, Rufus, when you're down low, as that we say down south, when you're picking low cotton, just look up to Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Just begin to draw near that living water and he'll, he'll pick you up. You'll, you'll grow again. You'll be able to get up again. Say, I have to motivate myself. I have to, to, uh, to encourage myself. I think that's what the scripture tells me to do, to edify myself in the Lord. Amen. I have to get to that, that point. And Job says, I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand in the latter days upon the earth. And after the skin worms have destroyed this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I shall see him for myself and not another. He said, he knows the way that I take. And when I am tried, I shall come forth like gold. He says, I have not turned back. I have held my steps. And that's the key. See, it's my whole steadfast. As the Psalms just said, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will arise and give praise. So as long as I stand forth and stand firm, he's coming. I just have to wait. You know, 
Wait on the Lord. So he's there in, in, in divine care in my sickness with me. Amen. That's why, you know, when you look at Mark 2, when he was in the house and the, the man with the palsy that was bored on the stretcher by four, and they tore the, the roof off the top of the house. Jesus looked up and he saw the faith of his friends and he said to the sick of the palsy, you know, that faith has made thee whole. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately he took up his bed and walked. Amen. Just get up. Shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands. Amen. So his promises shows divine care in our sickness. Number six. Amen. His promises reveals his presence. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now thus saith the, the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flames kindle upon thee. Amen. Notice, so his promise revealed his presence. As Jacob was returning from being with his uncle Laban, you notice when God tells Jacob to return home, Jacob is afraid. He knows in his mind, he's thinking, my brother Esau is going to kill me. He says, I, I know it, I know it, I know it. I live home with that thing in my mind, and I know that's what's going to happen when I get back. But so what does God do? He gives him an escort of nothing but angels is all around him. And Jacob sees him. You know, he says, oh, that's just the Lord's host. <laughs> Nonchalant, oh, that's just the Lord's host. But God is showing him, I'm with you. I'll be right there with you. You know, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. When God asks you to go someplace or God tells you to do something, he's going to go with you. I'm not going to leave you. Amen. So you walk by faith and not by sight. And so Jacob comes back, amen, but he's still afraid. And then he gets to the fort of Jabok, and he's he's still afraid. And we know the story. He gets there, and he wrestles with the man all night until the breaking of the day. And he gets his name changed from Jacob to Israel, amen. And, but when he crossed the fort of Jabok, he knows, I can't go back. It's kind of like a line of no return. And he crosses and he came and he, he's limping on, uh, on that leg that his, his uh, hip has been pulled out of joint. But it's a promise to Jacob that God is there. He's always with him. See? And as the Bible says, I didn't bring you out to leave you. I brought you out to bring you in. So his presence is always there. When God told Abraham... He says, offer up Isaac now, your only son. And what did Abraham do? He goes up to Mount Moriah and he gets there. And and Isaac is saying, Dad, here's the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And what does Abraham say? Son, God will provide himself a lamb. Prophetic, you know, I'm going to, he's going to provide himself. I tell people that all the time. He's not just reach back and get something else. He's going to provide himself. (laughs) <laughs> as a lamb. And we know John says in First John, I think it's 129, I think it is, when Jesus comes, he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sins of the whole world. Amen. His presence. That's what his promise shows. 
See, when you receive the promises of God, where does it come from? It comes from Him. He, he says, look, I'm with you. I told you I was going to do it here. He delivers it to us. Amen. When Paul, uh, in Acts 27, if you got your Bibles, uh, if you want to go to Acts 27 real quick, we'll read, I think I'm going to drop down to somewhere there, verse 24, <laughs> Acts 27, 24. We know that this story where they're on their way to Rome and Paul's on the ship and everybody's afraid. And then Paul finally gets a chance. Verse 21 says, but after long absence, my mistake uh, on the scriptures, starting with verse 21. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and says, sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exalt you to be of good cheer. Notice. Wow. Everybody's out there was afraid they're going to die. That's why Luke would write, as you go back up and you read Lerachiodon, this, this storm, what we would say in Asia, a typhoon is really ripping and snorting and tearing up things out in the sea, you know, and ships being tossed and driven. They're throwing out everything, try to survive, you know. And then Paul get, finally gets a chance to speak, and he says, amen, be of good cheer. He says here, yeah. Did I lose my spot? I'm sorry. Don't get old, folks. <laughs> Amen. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sir, you should not have listed a creek and have loosed from creed and have gained this harm and loss. And now I exalt you to be of good cheer. Amen. For there shall not be any loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angels of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all of them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Amen. So notice, his presence is with you. Amen. I'm not going to leave you. I'll be there with you. And so Paul says, be of good cheer. He says, hey, there's an angel of the Lord stood by me and says, fear not. And that's what God wants us to realize through his promises, not to fear. Amen. Things are going to happen. It's going to happen, situation, circumstance. But he's not going to leave you. I'll be with you, Jesus said, all the way to the ends of the earth. Amen. He's, he didn't bring you out to leave you. The Bible says he brought you out to carry you in. We're going to a better place. Amen. And so we have to realize that his promises help us to realize his presence is there right with us. And that's why I believe in Acts 12 when Peter is in prison, he just took his shoes off and decided to go to sleep. You know, they killed James. They chopped James' head off. He's dead. Peter said, well, might as well go to sleep, man. Ain't no new word about it. God says he's going to be with me. And what happened? They opened the jail. Come on, Pete. Get out of here. You know? So you you can always, and I, and I like what God says in his promise. If two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of thee. 
You can feel Him. You can feel His presence. Amen. That's what the old song says. There's the only way to touch Him. And that's just to believe when you call upon His name. His presence is heaven to me. I think somebody just wrote a song and, and that. Amen. When Paul and Silas in Acts 16 is in jail, you know, at midnight, they begin to sing praise and pray. And what happened? There was an earthquake and they just walked right out. He's not going to leave you. His promises. If he left us, then he is not performing what he said he would do. You can trust him. You can depend upon him. Amen. You feel his presence. Amen. No matter where you go, you should always, as a Holy Ghost filled person, feel God's presence. You know why? Because he said, I will be at you. That's why Paul told Timothy, he says, stir up the gift that's in you. As my pastor used to tell me, if you think God is far away, guess who moved? <laughs> He's there. Amen. His div- promises show his divine presence. Number seven, amen. His promises show his divine grace. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet at me. Lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Get excited. And you don't feel good. Get excited when you're going through things. I think Peter says in 1 Peter 4.12, Amen. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which to try you as though some strange things happen to you. He says, but rejoice and that you are becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit and glory of God rest upon you. So I think that's why Paul says, when the Lord says, oh, my grace is sufficient, Paul, you keep reading, Paul says, well, I'll just glory in my infirmities. You know, and that's what it's got to come down to as born again believers and Christians is we just never stop rejoicing. Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace. Of God, which passeth all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the more we rejoice, as Isaiah says in 613, he's given me a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. And so therefore we just keep rejoicing. Don't ever stop rejoicing. Because that's what the enemy desires you to do is stop praising God. Say, if God has given me a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, when I start feeling that heaviness, 
then I have to use what he's given me. So I lift up holy hands. I begin to cry out to God. I begin to praise him and to magnify him. Amen. His grace is always sufficient. Not only is his, his, his grace his unmerited love, it's his divine influence upon my heart and working in my life. Say, I want to reflect him in everything that I am and everything he is. Say, when he's in me, his character must show forth. As you hear me say, there are certain things that did not come with your salvation. You know, depression didn't come with salvation. Loneliness didn't come with salvation. Unhappiness did not come with salvation. Murmuring and complaining didn't come with salvation. Power came with salvation. Behold, I give you power. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. Why do you let yourself get depressed? It's not of God. Somebody says if you depress or what is distress, you just turn around and eat some more dessert, right? Come on, do it. <laughs> amen. So his grace, amen, you know, is so good. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's why Nehemiah says after they built the wall, he says, eat the flat and drink the sweet and send portions to those that have none because the joy of the Lord is my strength. See, so I have to get excited. You remember we talked about grace. You remember Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, he says, now remember. He says, you got to remember. He says, you was without Christ, see, in this world. You had no hope as Gentiles. He said, but now God has engrafted you into this thing, and so you need to be excited. It was because of his grace, his love, his care. Because God what? He had to fulfill his promise. Because when you go back and you read the Old Testament, he had already put line upon line, precept upon precept. He says, I'm going to bring the Gentiles in. See? And that's why when we get to the New Testament, you see you guys get drugged right into what he had to do. He had to fulfill the promise. See, we, we didn't have him before. And because of his love and mercy and his grace, now, so... What I got, I'm going to be excited. He didn't have to do this for me. I don't forget stuff, you know. And so his grace is always sufficient. Paul says to the church in Romans, I mean, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, he says, there's no temptation that's taking you but such is common to man. God is what? He's faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able but he with the temptation, he what? Make it so make a way of escape that you'd be able to bear it. See? So no matter what temptations, no matter trials, circumstances, his grace is always sufficient. His joy, his delight, his pleasures, all these things which comes with joy, grace, just use it. He, one of the things you will find when you're studying God's word and his promises, he gives you everything you need, the tools to be successful. 
You know, he's not going to send you in the war to be to lose. You know, I think you hear your, your president say that constantly. We're we're in we're not going to war to lose anymore. You know, so that's the key. A good commander is always going to make sure you have the tools to be successful. And that's why when we studied the doctrine and the teaching, what does Paul say? Put on the whole armor of God. See, you're you're not destined to lose. You're destined to win. Amen. And if we don't realize the promises of God, we'll lose. Because we won't wait. What does David say? The Lord is my light. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and they fall. Though a host encamp against me, in this I will not fear. Though war should rise against me in this, I will be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his provision, in the secret of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me on a rock. My head will be high about my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle the sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yep, I will sing praises unto the Lord. He's not going to leave you. His grace is sufficient. All you need is his grace, his love, his mercy. Let him operate through you. Let it, let him be a reflection through you. Amen. And all that you do. As David says in Psalms 20, Lord, hear you in a day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help in the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. The end, he says, now I know that the Lord will save his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heavens. From the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. So you're not supposed to walk around with your head down. You're not supposed to walk around defeated. You're supposed to walk around victorious. Your dad owns a cattle on a thousand hills. His grace is sufficient for us. Amen. Praise God. Number eight. Amen. His promises shows that we, he will deliver from our sorrow, from sorrow and pain. Revelation chapter number 21 verse three through four. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Amen. So his promises shows us here, amen, that he will deliver us in sorrow and pain. Amen. When you stop and think about the old hymnals, you know, that's why I like to sing old hymns. You know, it's like they had it together. You know, it's like they had had got along with God and they realized, you know, 
there's going to come a time that we're going to need something to encourage us and edify us, to let us know that God is always with us in our sorrows and our pains and our suffering and the things that we go through in life. See? So we have to realize, you know, that's why Isaiah says, surely he has what? Bore our sorrows and carried our griefs. See? He's acquainted with sorrows. A man acquainted. He understood what it's all about. It's here. See, so his promises let us know that he's going to wipe it all away. Yeah, you might not feel good right now. You might be in pain. But it's going to go. It's not going to stay there. You know, that's why I believe Job is a good example that in his time, as the old folks used to say, He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there on time. He'll show up right on time. You know, and he will wipe away those pains. He'll wipe away those sorrows. See? So we just got to get to that habit where we trust him and wait, amen, for him to come through for us in our sorrows and in our pain. Amen. His name is in our foreheads. And when we're in pain, as we used to say in the military, pain is just weakness leaving the body. <laughs> right, Brother Terry? Wipe it all away. Amen. Just like an eraser. You just take it away. Amen. So that you can endure. That you can handle it. He will come along beside you. Fret not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God is not going to let you go through stuff you can't deal with. Hold on to His unchanging hand. What the song says, we don't understand it, but we understand it better by and by. Amen. He gives strength to me, as the song says, as I worship him. As my heart is filled with praise, Jesus breaks the bands. When I raise my hands, he gives glorious victory. Amen. Sorrow and pain and suffering is only for a moment, as Paul says. Many are the afflictions, Psalms 34, 19, of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Amen. Solomon says in Proverbs 24, 10, if you faint in the days of adversity, your strength is small. Can you imagine your Savior seeing him going through pain and agony? But he endured. He endured. Paul told Timothy, you have to endure hardness as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't think it's strange when these things come. You can, you can make it. Believe me. Yes. You wouldn't be where you are now if you couldn't make it. <laughs> think about it. We've always, all our lives, we've had some pain. We've had some sorrows. You know? 
Even if I, even if I die, I tell my family all the time, keep rejoicing. Keep rejoicing. Oh? Cause I, you know, if I'm in a better place, I want, I want you to rejoice that I'm in that better place. See, if you believe that when I die, I went to a better place, then every time somebody mentions my name, you should be saying, man, I just can't wait to get up there with him. <laughs> you know, cause all my sorrows and all my pains are gone. See? And he's gonna take care of it. See? So get excited about where we're going. And someone says he didn't promise me a rose garden. If he did, it'd still be pricks and thorns, right? <laughs> so that I would still have pain. But one day, it's going to all be wiped away. Amen. I'm sure Job, as he was sitting there with those that piece of pottery, trying to scrape himself to, to get rid of his pain and suffering that he was going through. But notice Job just kept edifying God. You know, yeah, there was times he was complaining a little bit, but he still edified God, you know. And when it was all said and done, twice as much as he had before, better off stories. And so the promises of God for us is, hey, I'm going to wipe it away. So endure. Hold on. He that will come will come. The just have got to live by faith. Not by my pain, not by my sorrow, not by what I'm going through. I can't live that way. You know, as Daniel says, he shall try to wear out the saints of the Most High. The enemy's gonna to try to wear you out. See? But you've got to realize you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Praise God. So you can endure the pain. Can you hang on? I know you can. Amen. You can endure this thing. Amen. Number nine, his promises culminate unto everlasting life. And and that's the goal. That's what we're looking for. Amen. We're going to reach that highest point. We want to get to that apex. Amen. That place as Abraham, as the Bible says in Hebrews 11, that Abraham looked for a city who has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. And Jesus has promised me, he says, I am going to prepare for you a place. And if I go to prepare for you a place, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you shall be also. Amen. And so that promise I'm clinging to, because I don't know when he's coming back for me. I've got to have my suitcase ready. (laughs) Amen. My robe of righteousness. i got to be right. And when he comes back for me, amen, because that's the ultimate goal. And John says in First John 2, 24, let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If you that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life, amen. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever believe him should not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life. Amen. I want that. I'm clinging to that promise. I'm not doing this just for the fun of it. Amen. 
I'm going all the way. I made up my mind. And that's what we have to do. As Paul says, brethren, I count myself not to appertain, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. I reach forth to those things which are before. And what? I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Come on up. Amen. We're going to a better place. There be no more sorrow, no more pain. Amen. All the old things will be passed away. And that's the goal. That's the goal is to have that eternal home forever and ever to reign with him. So I can't put stakes down here. See, I don't want to put my stock down here. I think Jesus says in Matthew, I think he's 24, don't lay up treasures on earth where rust corrupt and thieves break in and steal. He says, lay up treasures in heaven. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See? And so we want to make sure that where I'm going is where I'm focused. See? And his promise says, I'm going to have eternal life. I'm going to have eternal life. Nothing shall be able to stop me. As Paul says in Romans 8, who shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulation, distress, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? So for thy sake, we're killed all the day long. We are led as sheep to the slaughter. He says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor height, nor any other creature should be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Are you looking for that city? Amen. That's where we're going. So cling to that promise. I think Jesus says, see that no man take or steal your crown. See that nobody, don't let anything stop you. You've got to cling to that promise because the enemy is going to try to stop you. You know, and that's why Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, he says, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their hearts from the truth and the fables. Watch in all things, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of your ministry. He says, you know, he goes on, he says, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Whom the righteous judge shall give unto me. And not unto me, but all them that long for his appearing. See? So I can't allow anything to stop me. I can't allow anything to hinder me from getting a promise. That's, that's really the, the, the ultimate. It's almost like winning the Super Bowl. Stop and think about it. That's what they all shoot for. They baseball, they shoot for the pennant. You know, the football, they shoot for the Lombardi Trophy because that's the ultimate, you know, that means you you reach that, that plateau. Well, it should be the same way with us. Say, we should be striving daily for that end state of eternal life to be with him forever and ever and ever more. Amen. That's the promise. Amen. And his promises are grounded 
in Christ, number 10. But as God is true, our words towards you was not yea and nay, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Savanius and Timothy, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea and for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him is amen unto the glory of God. So they're all in him. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is he. The everlasting Father, the King eternally, the wonderful in wisdom by whom all things are made. Everything is in him. Amen. Without me, you can do nothing, Jesus says. All the promises in God are yes and amen. means I will do it. If I promise it, I'll come through for you. Think about Abraham. God made him a promise. He says, okay, when Abraham asked for a son, he says, okay, I'm going to give you a son. But 400 years, he's going into captivity. But guess what? I'll bring him back. Right back. Amen. Yes and amen. So when you read the word of God, just say yes, amen. <laughs> amen. It's going to happen because I'm his kid. That's what Paul says in Galatians three twenty six through 29. He says, for you're all the children of God in Christ. Amen. By faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ. You'll put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Galatians 3, right? Notice, you're Abraham's seed according to the promise. So what God promised Abraham is mine. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Remember you seen in Sunday school? Amen. So I cling to the Word. He is the Word, right? <laughs> so everything in here is in Him. <laughs> so, so He can't lie, and we know He can't lie. So the Word is God. So all the promises is in God. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to Gentiles, believed on the Word. See back up in the glory. Amen. So they're in Christ. Amen. And one last one here. Amen. It must be believed. You've got to believe it. All things is possible to him that can be believed. And you believe what God says. Amen. We must be fully persuaded. Amen. Notice what the writer says in Hebrews 11. He says, amen, that they embrace the promises of God. They haven't seen them afar off and they were persuaded of them and they embraced them. So when you read the word of God, because all the promises are in God, you must embrace it. Amen. You must grab a hold of it. If God gives you a promise, you need to hold on to it. Don't let it go. It's going to come to fruition. You just wait. Just keep working, praising and glorifying him. And he will come through. Paul told the church at Philippi in Philippians 1.6. He says, I am confident or I'm persuaded of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Be persuaded. He's going to come through. Be persuaded. I'm going to get up. Be persuaded. It's going to happen. Hold on. His promises are yea and amen. And all his promises for everyone. Because why? He's no respect your persons. Amen. And Peter put it that way on the day of Pentecost, didn't he? For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. So everybody, his promises are for everyone. Amen. So hopefully this month we have discovered a few things and amen about the promises of God and amen and been encouraged and enlightened through it as well. Amen. Next month, we are talking about a better sacrifice. Amen. How one sacrifice has made everything so much better. Amen. Don't forget, uh, Sunday morning, discipleship class. Men's conference this weekend, if you can go. Shano, amen. Sunday. There we are. Thank you. Worship service. So let's come have a good time. Keep one another in prayer. Keep edifying. Amen. Remember those that's not here tonight for graduation or work or whatever case may be. Amen. Those that are in the hospital, sickness. Amen. Keep trying.